The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you for this promise that you will give us wisdom and understanding if we ask it of you, and you'll help us understand how to walk righteously and with wisdom. Lord, I just pray that you would empower Scott to give us your word today and to communicate what our hearts need to hear. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you again today. I hope that you are doing well. We're gonna continue with the book of Proverbs. And as we've been studying Proverbs, we've been talking about wisdom. And Proverbs covers just about anything that you can think about where you might need wisdom in your life. Today, we're gonna talk a little bit about wisdom in your family, and in particular, parents and kids. All right, wisdom can be defined as having competence with the complexities, with regard to the complexities and the realities of life. And the thing is about family and relationships is that they're very complex, but they're very much reality. Subjects like this can be hard for a lot of reasons, but the reality of life is that it's hard sometimes. And that's why these things are right here in Proverbs, to give us some idea about how to get on the wise path, how to make sure that we're making wise decisions before we get there, or if we're not sure about decisions in the past, how do we get back on the path of wisdom with respect to our family and with respect to our kids, uh, even our grandkids, uh, even if you know kids or you know families, this will be something that's beneficial to you. You know, mistakes and wrong choices and bad patterns of behavior, they can be devastating to our lives. And Proverbs speaks a lot about family life and tells us some important things about being a father or a mother, a parent, a guardian, or even a child, even a grandparent, it's all there. In Proverbs 23, 22 through 25, it says, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Proverbs 15, 5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Proverbs 10, 1. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. See, that has a lot to say for all of us because we have fathers and mothers or people who we consider to be in that role if we don't know for sure who our actual parents are. And it has a lot to say to us because this is who we are. You also have been a kid and you've seen kids so you can relate to these things. The first thing I wanna talk about is about being a parent, what Proverbs has to say about this. Proverbs 2, you know, the thing is about this book is actually the whole book is about parenting in many respects. This book was given to you as a young child that you were to read actually to parents, giving it to how to, for how to teach your children when they became of age to start understanding wisdom, when they got old enough to start understanding how to make choices. 
This book is about parenting in all of these ways, and it's a book to study when you're young. Most of the wisdom books, they're really for when you're young. Now, they help us when we're older, and they help us at any age. But you know, when you study the book of Proverbs, you wanna know these things before you get to the place where you need to make a decision that will impact your entire life. You wanna know how to make a wise decision and be prepared for that. If you're gonna study the Song of Solomon, you wanna study that before you get married, before you even date. It's a book on wisdom about love, sex, dating, relationships, all of that stuff. It's right there telling us how to do that in a wise way. The book of Ecclesiastes will tell us the meaning of life and it's written by Solomon as an old man reflecting on his life. It's much better to read when you're young, but you can read it at any time, of course. If you're gonna read Ecclesiastes, by the way, make sure you read the whole thing. Don't just read the first few chapters and stop, you'll be depressed. By the end of the book, he works out all of the problems in the meaning of life and actually gives it to you in just a couple of verses. But we're gonna talk about Proverbs today and back to parenting. About being a parent, in chapter two, you read that, in fact, the first few chapters of this book are very much about instruction to kids. Chapter two, I'm just gonna read 11 verses here, and this is what he's saying. My son is teaching his kid. And you could just put daughter in there if that isn't what works best for you, if you've got little girls. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, whose walk is blameless for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you'll understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. He goes on in this chapter to talk about security and temptation and making the right choices with being right and just and fair. And if you get down into chapter three, he continues, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Keep in mind that the context here is parenting. The context here is that you are teaching this to your child. And when you get to this next part in chapter three, that is a very famous passage, think about it in the context of teaching it to a little kid and how important it is to get this down. Chapter three, verse three. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. We need to learn this at any age. See, the main thing about being a parent, the main thing about how parents should relate to children is actually in this way of wisdom. See, wisdom is more than just right and wrong. It's not a skill that you can just pick up all of a sudden. It's about how you navigate everyday situations of life so that when the big issues arise, you're already prepared for how to handle them. There's a lot of different views about parenting out there. You can read them in different books and different magazines, get a whole lot of advice about it. A traditional view of parenting is that the main goal is to control your kids. A more modern view of parenting is that the main goal is love and admiration of your kids. But parenting is actually a lot more complicated than that. And you know that if you're a parent. The Bible and specifically Proverbs says that the primary role of a parent is to teach wisdom. And you might say to yourself, I gotta teach wisdom. Well, what if I'm not wise? 
Well, that's why we have this book right here to teach us what the wisdom is. We don't have to be wise on our own. We have a word from God, which is the wisdom for us to know and for us to pass on to our kids. See, this book was used by parents back in the day and teaching wisdom was understood to be vital. There's a report out that comes out every so often by the Carnegie Foundation, and they just talk about parenting and what your job is. And I'll tell you, I don't agree with some of it, and here's why. It says that your job as a parent is to give your kids self-esteem, to make sure that they know that they are loved and good people. Now that's not bad, but then they go along to say, you should let the experts teach your kid about right and wrong and shape them. In other words, schools should teach right and wrong and wisdom, and your job as a parent is to make sure that your kids are happy and secure. The thing is, as I would say, is that there's no such thing as an expert on these things. You teach your kid that racism is wrong. It's not scientific. It's moral, it's ethical, it's about faith. That's something that you teach that is important. The main job as a parent, yes, is to teach good and bad and right and wrong, but even more so to teach what is wise. And this is the job for parents. It's not the school's job, it's the parent's job. It used to be that schools partnered with parents on this, but now some parents just expect the school to do all of it and parents don't do it at all, or often the school is teaching things that are contrary to what you might be teaching in the home as far as wisdom goes and morality. You know, it's not even the Sunday school's job, by the way, or the youth group's job, it's the parents' job. We're here and our Sunday school is here and our youth group is here to supplement what you can be doing in the home to teach wisdom as a parent. We're not here to parent, we're here to help. Now let's face it, all of this stuff, the truth is, when we just take a look at it, is we tend to jettison the stuff that we've learned in school, even the stuff we've learned from our parents about right and wrong, and we go on to figure it out ourselves. We try to come to our own conclusions about those things. And this is why teaching wisdom is so important and why it is so vital. If we are taught wisdom, then we are more likely to be able to make the wise choice when the time comes along. We'll have a method and a mechanism and a, an understanding of life that is much more clear so that when the opportunity comes along to make a left or right decision, we'll make the right choice. Wisdom helps us discern what is right from wrong before we make a decision. And see, wisdom tells us more than just which is the right decision to make. It's not just a binary choice. Wisdom tells us why one decision is better than the other. We understand the depth of it. Proverbs 22, 20, 23, 22 through 25. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth, buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction and insight as well. The father of the righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. May your father and mother rejoice. May she who gave you birth be joyful. Some important things that we should do as a parent. First is that we teach wisdom. And it's not that you teach everything well. You're not gonna know everything. You're not perfect. And you can't teach everything there is to teach. But what really matters is that you're intentional about it. That you say, how can I teach my kids to be wise? Teach wisdom. Your child is gonna accept it or reject it. They're gonna have that opportunity in life and there's gonna be a part of them that just wants to reject what you have to say. That's just how it goes. But the thing is, is that if you're teaching wisdom, they will develop their own values over time and they'll reflect on the things that you taught them. You see, parents who get into the worst trouble or the kids who get into the worst trouble, it's because the parents don't teach wisdom and the kids never learned wisdom. And some parents, they just try to control everything the kid does so they never actually try to teach why, they just always are involved with all the decisions and the child never learns how to make a decision for themselves. Or sometimes parents are just absent, they just don't help at all. They're not involved, they don't teach wisdom, they just say, whatever you want, honey. 
The first thing as a parent that's important is that we teach wisdom. And the second thing is that we delight in our kids. You will be wise. You will be a wise person if your parents teach and correct you, but also you will also be wise if you know that underneath it all, their instruction, whether it was good or bad, their punishment, whether you agreed with it or not, their involvement in your life, if you understand that they love you and that they uh, delight in you, you're going to become a wise person. See, as parents, we need to delight in our kids. Notice it says, father and mother rejoice and delight. If parents live in inconsistency and they don't delight in their kids or they don't discipline, they don't teach and they just leave kids alone to make their own determination about things, it's actually malpractice. Kids need their parents. They need a mother and a father in their life. And your kids also need you to delight in them, which means in part that you will delight in teaching them wisdom, that you will delight in watching them grow in the ability to make wise choices when those times come. Next, as a parent, we need to live out our teachings. So this is a hard one for all of us because all of us fail at this from time to time, but some of us are a disaster with it. Even Solomon struggled with this. But the children are watching. And that's something that we should be thinking about in every aspect of our society, but especially as parents, our children are watching us. They hear what we say in the car or while we're watching the news. They know if we're the same person at church as we are at home, and they are watching, and they are listening, and they understand far more than maybe we think. And they're making a judgment about you, about whether or not you really believe the things that you say, or whether or not you're just really about control. And they're getting fed all kinds of influence from other things from pop culture, from school, from other, other sources, other friends even. Our kids are watching. The next thing is that discipline matters. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it away. Kids are self-centered. They are, hard, they are far from reality very often. They're full of folly. And so are parents sometimes. Our job as a parent is to intervene and give them wisdom. The rod of discipline, it means coach, literally. Now, rod means to take authority, not always corporal punishment. It can mean that, but that's not always what it means. But it means that we train up a child in the way that they should go. And we have to make sure that that training actually fits that child and the nature of that child. Some children don't need corporal punishment. They just need a dirty look. Sometimes they need to take a lap. Sometimes they need something taken away from them. They need to be grounded. There's all kinds of different things. But we have to be involved this way because we should train up a child in the way he should go. And because folly is bound up in the heart of a child and the rod of discipline will drive it far away. You don't want that folly continuing with them into adulthood. Sometimes our kids need to experience failure and you have to let them do that and that's hard. You don't wanna do that when it's particularly dangerous. Sometimes you have to intervene and stop, but sometimes you have to let them make a choice and see what the consequences are and they can know that lesson later. I'm not sure about this with my dad, whether he should have stepped in or not, but it was a different time back then, all right? I remember being, I was three or four years old, and I remember examining the outlet on the wall. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, my dad was standing there watching this. I decided to stick my tongue in the outlet, and I discovered what happens if you do that. Blue lights come out, and I flew across the room. There was smoke, it was crazy. I vividly remember this moment. I also vividly remember my father saying, I guess you won't be doing that again. And he's right, I never did that again. See, my generation, we didn't need those outlet covers. We just figured it out on our own. Sometimes we have to let our kids fail and we do, we learn the lesson. You need to teach wisdom as a parent. 
and as you're doing so, delight in your kids, discipline appropriately, demonstrate that you understand right and wrong, and you have to live it out yourself because the children are watching. They might think you're wrong about some things. They might even discover later that you were wrong about some things, but our kids will always appreciate it that we worked hard to prepare them for life, even if they draw a different conclusion about how they should live later. When we think about these things, we also have to think about our own parents. If, and Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Loving parents discipline, just like a loving God does. They're not abusive. They are loving and restorative with it, but it matters. Don't despise your parents for it. Some of us have really difficult relationships with our parents, even as adults. But it's important that we rec realize that that relationship still matters. The opposite of the word despise is honor. In the Ten Commandments, we're told to honor our father and mother. It's repeated in Ephesians 6. The interesting thing about that commandment is that it was given to adults. We often look at it as something that was given to little children, but actually it was given to adults. Adults who had aging parents wandering around in the desert, kind of grumpy about things, and, and people were not honoring their parents. They were despising them, and this was wrong. Why do we honor them? In fact, why doesn't the Bible command us to love our parents? It's not what it says. It commands us to honor them. There's a range of situations that you relate to with your parents. You relate to your parents as infants, and eventually you relate to them differently as an adult. In the early stages of your life, to disobey your parents is a disaster for you. But when you get older, it can also be a disaster if you obey your parents. And there's a tricky thing that happens over time as we become adults. The truth is about our parents, the truth is about me as a parent and you as a parent, if you're a parent, is one half of all parents are below average. And when you think about that, that's just the way it is. One half of all parents are below average. And frankly, some parents are poor, some are even evil. And I know that some of you have had to deal with that. But the thing is, is that scripturally, what is wise is that no matter what the condition your parents are in, you're called to do one thing. No matter who they are, what they haven't, have or haven't done is to honor them. It doesn't say to love, obey, admire, trust, have affection for, it says honor our parents. We must always honor our parents no matter what they're like or what they've done. This is really hard if your parents are in that evil category or just not very good parents. But remember something else, the children are watching and they're watching how you treat your parents who they love as grandparents, even though they may not know all the details of your relationship or even understand them. Here's five ways that you can honor your parents. Number one, in your culture, whatever it is, you can find appropriate symbols for doing that. Different cultures have different ways of doing it. Sometimes it's a particular place at the table when they come over, a place to sit. Sometimes it's keeping their rules whenever you're in their house, all right, and doing that without complaint. Sometimes it's letting them walk first if you are away someplace, enjoying yourself somewhere at a park, you're at a restaurant, you let your parents walk first. It's customary in a restaurant for a waiter or waitress to serve the oldest woman at the table first. Did you know that? If you're a really good waiter or waitress, you know that. You, you, Sometimes it's hard to figure out who it is, but sometimes it's not, and that's immediately who you go to first. Why do you do that? Because you're honoring that person as the parent. S secondly, so first you find out something that is an appropriate symbol in your culture and do that with your, your parents. Secondly, don't underestimate your parents' need to see themselves reproduced in you. 
you know, as we grow up, we start to see our parents and I can't believe I became my dad this way or I can't believe I got this from my mom. But you know, as a parent, you're looking at your kids and there's a certain feeling that you have. I pray for my kids all the time and I pray this. Sometimes I pray that they get certain things from me. Sometimes I pray that they don't get certain things from me. I pray that they get certain things from their mom and certain things maybe that they don't. We care about how our kids turn out and we also know that just as we become our parents in different ways, they're gonna become us. Don't underestimate your parents need to see themselves reproduced in you. They're always gonna be interested in you and how you're doing. And they're always gonna be concerned about you, no matter how old they are. A man came to see me one time and he was 95 and he had very troubling concerns about his daughter. It was kind of funny though, because she was 75. She was retired, she had grandkids on her own, but he had the same type of concerns at 95 that he might've had at 25 or 35 about his daughter. Our parents are gonna always see themselves in us and be concerned. Don't underestimate their need for that and respect them for it. Thirdly, don't stereotype them, let them change. Your parents are sinners who need grace just like you and I are. Proverbs 20, 20 says, if someone curses their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. My friends, you've got to forgive your parents if there's something there to forgive. And if you stay resentful at your parents, your life is the one that gets distorted. If you're still mad at them, you're still kind of being a child. You've got to end that and you've got to forgive. If you're still trying to please your parents all the time and you're an adult, you're still a child. You have to get past that. You're gonna make terrible decisions. And in the process of all of this, you're gonna deprive your own kids a relationship to their grandparents, which is really important that they have, even if that relationship is very short, or even if it's one that uh, has to be supervised. Your kids need that. It's completely worth building a relationship with estranged parents or kids. This happens sometimes in families. Maybe it's happening in, in your family. I had a person here once who he had passed away and he hadn't had a relationship with his son. They, haven't, they hadn't spoken for 50 years. And when I asked him what it was about, it was about a car payment, a $200 car payment that happened when the son was 18 years old. In 50 years, they hadn't talked. He died, he didn't even know where his son was. We couldn't even contact him over a car payment. That's a terrible way to live for the son and for the father. Pastor friend of mine and was estranged from his dad but his dad was also a pastor and they had terrible uh, relationship. There was a divorce, a whole lot of stuff. And they tell the story about how they, because they knew it was so terrible to be estranged that they went to lunch together every Friday for months and months and months and didn't even say a word to each other. Sat across from each other in the same booth, didn't say a word, but they committed to being there every single week because they knew they needed to get through it. And eventually they did. Today they have a very good relationship, but it took a lot of work. If you're estranged from your parents or if you're estranged from your kids, it is worth it to make an effort to have that relationship. And it is better to be reconciled than to be right. You don't need to be right. You need to be reconciled. And fifthly, you have to be grown up and leave the home. At some point, you've got to leave the nest and your parents need you to do this. Even if they say they don't, they do. And they might always be there to help you out and to help different things that now and then, but you've got to be paying for your own insurance. You got to be paying for your life. As soon as you possibly can be on your own, you should do that. You have to make your own decisions and you let your parents advise you and cheer you on and be there for you when you mess up. We have to remember, lastly, that 
wisdom is also about being God's child and understanding what that is. God has a desire for us to have a relationship that is right with everybody. Malachi 4, 6 in your Old Testament, it says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. The Lord wants us to have a great relationship with our parents and with our kids. This is God's will. And see, and this is the relationship he wants us to have with him as his child. You see, wisdom is a path and you may not get there quickly. You might be thinking, I don't know how to have that relationship right now with my dad or my mom or whatever the situation is. But this path of wisdom, it always begins with the Lord and always turning to your relationship with Christ and starting there. It begins with Jesus. And we say to Jesus, I'm not perfect, but you are and you are wisdom. And Lord, help me to follow you. You, Father, are the perfect parent. Help me to understand how to be a parent and how to be a child. And since we are children of God, we need to honor God. We need to honor God with who we are and to make him the center of our life. Wherever we're at in our life, it's important to make God that center because whenever something else replaces God in the order of things that we care about most, it causes destruction. Some of us, our kids come before God and that's the most important thing, our kids. The problem with that is if our kids are first in our life, then you're only gonna be okay if your kids are okay. And the problem is, is that when your kids are not okay and they're not always gonna be okay, you won't be okay either because the number one thing in your life is causing you pain. We need to be wise and patient and present and living in reality when it comes to our kids and point them to Jesus Christ. And sometimes our parents even come before God. This is also a disaster. When things go wrong with our parents, we need to be strong. We need to make hard decisions for our parents when they get older and we can't get so wrapped up in their well-being that whenever they have a problem, we can't cope with it. There's a role for us. And when our first love is Jesus though, we can get through anything, even the hard things about family. A few takeaways. The first one is this, is that you can pivot and get on the right path today. And all these discussions about wisdom, it's always about getting back on the path. And when it comes to family and the reality of our family, of our parents and our kids, it's hard. And there are very, very difficult issues and issues that will follow us our whole life. How do we deal with that? Wherever you're at right now, pivot and get on the road of wisdom. Commit yourself to Jesus Christ, the perfect father you have in your father in heaven and say, Lord, help me supernaturally by your spirit. Understand how to raise my kids with wisdom and how to honor my mother and father. Because for sure that is God's will and doing the will of God is wise. Maybe there's some immediate things you can do. Maybe some things are gonna take years, but it's worth every effort. Put your phone down and pay attention to them. Play the game that they wanna play. Go for a walk or a hike. Do something that they like to do. Learn to play their games. Delight in your kids at any age and honor your parents at any age in any condition. Kids, honor your parents. Make that phone call to them, make the trip, go do it. Send the pictures, have the meals, lengthen the visits. Be present even when it's hard. You don't need to be unsafe, but you need to stay connected. Show grace and mercy and forgive them. Parents teach wisdom and honor your parents. Well, what if I don't know wisdom? You get it here in the word of God. You study it, you talk about it with your kids, you get their insight, you make it part of your routine. 
You honor your parents. You thank God for the good things that you got from them. And maybe you just start with the fact that you have life. Well, honor them for that and forgive them. You're taking away your kids' time with their grandparents, which is important, even when it needs to be supervised and rare. Your kids need to know their grandparents if that's possible. Lastly, honor your parents and glory in your kids today by honoring God with your life. My friends, the children are watching and they're listening and the grandchildren are watching and they're listening. Other people's children are watching you and listening to you. What do they see? They need to see Christ as the center of your life. They don't need to see a perfect parent. They don't need to see a perfect grandparent or a perfect kid. They need to see somebody who acknowledges Jesus Christ as Lord. They need to see somebody who makes Jesus Christ the Lord of their life and seeks to follow him and worship him. They need to see that model. They need to see that it's real and not just on Sunday morning, but every single day in all of your interactions. They need to see that you're concerned about their faith. They need to know the grace of God, that you need it just as much as them, and that it is given in abundance to all who believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. This is the greatest bit of wisdom that you can pass on to anybody especially your kids or your parents. And they're watching and they're waiting. I hope that this is helpful for you. I wanna lead you just in prayer with wherever you're at with us and trust the Lord that his wisdom is sufficient. Trust the Lord that he's called you to be a parent or a kid of your parents and he's called you to represent Christ in all that you do. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word and I thank you for the wisdom that you provide us in it. And I pray that we would have the wisdom to study it and to grow wise as parents, as kids, as children, as adults, as grandparents, or just as people who interact with other parents and kids and grandparents. God, I pray for anybody listening to this where family matters are strenuous and stressful and difficult. I pray, Lord, that they would turn to you as the perfect father, that they would understand that their hope and their life and their identity is in you. And I pray, Lord, for all the kids in our ministry that we would be teaching them wisdom, that every parent in our church would teach their kids wisdom and understand how important that is. I pray for all of us whose parents are still with us or even parents who have, who have passed away, that we would find ways to honor them just as your word says. And most of all, Lord, I pray that we would honor you as our Father in heaven, as, as your children, that we would honor you with our lives and the way we interact with one another and the way we raise up the next generation and love the generation that was before us. We thank you, Lord, for your presence with us. We ask for just an incredible awareness of your love and your help and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.